From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamp, New Jersey, this is Teeing Up Presents Danny Flecka in his weekly spot on the Super Bowl Sunday. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. Uh, I try to throw you curveballs all, all over the place. Any thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma joining the uh, Big Ten in time for 2024? I mean, SEC. Uh, uh, sorry, SEC and, and then... Uh, Yes, yes, sorry, uh, 2024. Um, not really. I, I think this was a move that needed to happen. Uh, the pressure was on them to get into there, uh, especially with the Big 12 expanding this year. Yes. Um, you know, you needed to, to get this move done uh, sooner rather than later if you're Oklahoma and Texas, just so one, you don't you know, create a messy situation with the Big 12, and on top of that, they probably want their check, and they want to be part of the TV deals that are going on um, with the SEC. And also, you probably, if you're the Big 12, you want to get them out of there, too, because you're looking to move on, get your own thing do, going, too. So I'm not surprised. I think that the, the Big 12 was aggressive when they found out that they were going to be moving, and they wanted to you know, get their ducks in a row. And, and part of that is you know, getting the teams that they have coming over and they're coming over this year, so uh, the Big 12 will be a little crowded uh, this year, <laughs> um, that's for sure. But, you know, 2024 seems like it's, you know, right where it needs to be, you know, for them to move over. And I think that's when the expanded, is the expanded playoff this year or next year? Next year, and that's what I was getting to in the open that I completely botched, is that you have USC, UCLA moving in 24. Now Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC and the expanded playoff all in 24. Yeah, so, I mean, the timing works out. Like, that's what you probably want if you're those teams. And on top of that, you know, you want that opportunity to, you know, I think Texas and Oklahoma in general will have a better chance of making the expanded playoff in the Big 12. But what do I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, we're seeing a lot of what's happening in college football happening because of, the money that's involved with the TVs. Um, you know, they, they want that money, they want that check, and, you know, if you're a school, you also want to make sure you get through that adjustment period, but, um, yeah, if I'm Texas and Oklahoma, you know, you probably want to try to create some positive momentum this year, and then move over to the SEC, where you know it's going to be a dogfight, I think, every year for them to get into the college football playoff. Uh, it's going to throw... I mean, look, you're going to have some, some absolute duds in those, in, in, in those quarterfinal, you know, first-round matchups, and then you're going to have some more intriguing ones. But uh, I feel bad for the American and all, and, 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 and all those other conferences. This really is a, you know, a two-conference competition unless the ACC Big 12 and Pac-12 can, can get their act together, and I don't know if they're going to get their act together in time, especially with the American losing so many of their stalwarts to the Big 12. So. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the, it's been a continuous movement of, you know, create, consolidating the power, really, at the end of the day. Yes. And I think if you're, if you're college football, you know, you would prefer that be a little bit spread out, but at the end of the day, it's about inventory, and it's about brand and right now those are the brands that are going to catch eyes and the american is 
what it is at this point, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, they have some good teams in there, but at the end of the day, the SEC, Big Ten, are going to be ruling the college football playoff from an at, from an at-large perspective. Absolutely. Daniel Flecka with us here on Super Bowl Sunday. All right, let's get to this thing. On paper, the way that I look at this game is if Patrick Mahomes' ankle is anywhere near better, and it's not 100%, but apparently it's way better, um, then I think the Chiefs have the upper hand. Um, but that's just my guess, and I'll, I'll give you my prediction at the end of this. But to me, this, this game comes down to Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Uh, just top here, how do, you, how, how do you see this game? How do you, how do you look at this game? It's tough, right? I think you look at it from a roster perspective, and everything would point to to the to the Eagles. They have a better offensive line on paper. They have a better defensive line on paper. Yeah. Their secondary on paper. Better wide receivers on paper. Um, and special teams can go either way, but yeah, they've been a little bit more solid in their special teams this year than Kansas City. I, I think the two, the running backs also, um, you can give the edge to Philadelphia there, or run game in total, in totality. Um, the two areas I think, the three areas I think Kansas City has them beat is quarterback, and I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. I, I think, you know, Hurts had a great year, but I think Mahomes is way, way better than, than Jalen Hurts is at this point in his career. And tight end definitely goes to Kansas City and I think coaching goes to Kansas City big time as well I I, I think Sirianni is going to have his he's going to have a tough game today um, just in general you're, you're playing against one of the best coaches in NFL history um, a, a coaching staff that has been in big games this is you know Spagnuolo's fourth Super Bowl fifth Super Bowl sorry uh, no fourth one with the Giants three with Kansas City, that staff in general has has good grasp of what this game looks like, how it needs to be played, and what goes into it from a preparation standpoint. And in, usually in football, when you have the better quarterback and you have the better coaching staff, those are usually the outcomes that lead to victory. What scares me from a, like a handicapping perspective while looking at this game is, you know, how do I think this game is going to play out? We've seen how Philadelphia likes to play in general this year. They like to get out the big leads. They are a great first-half team, and they use that first half to propel them in the second half by playing more of a game management type of game. Whereas Kansas City, you know, they are fast and furious. They have, you know, a great quick hit offense. They have the best quarterback in the league. And the defense, that's so-so. But they also, too, like to get out the leads because – they want to be able to get their defensive line firing at the quarterback to maybe hide some of their deficiencies that they have in the back end. So it really comes down to how, how do you see this game playing out? I think this game is going to be pretty even. I, I, I know Philadelphia has a good offensive line. I know they want to rush the ball. But I do see Kansas City putting them in situations where they're going to ask Jalen Hurts to make the plays he needs to make to win this game. And I think that is what 
we're going to see from Kansas City. On the other side, I think Philadelphia is going to say, all right, we have a good defensive line, we have a good secondary, let's keep everything in front of us. If they want to dink and dunk down the field, that's fine. You're going to see mistakes happen on those types of drives. You know, you want to see if Mahomes is healthy, if he can get outside the pocket and make those plays that he makes. And, you know, he's, I think he's going to make them today. But you're probably like, let's just keep things in front of us. And I think that's where Kansas City wants to actually play this game. I think Philadelphia's linebacking core is ripe for the picking. I think you're going to see Kelsey own the middle of the field. I think you're going to see a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster in the middle of the field. Some screen game, some screen plays. You know, maybe they can Darius Tony or their running backs. I think Kansas City is going to be perfectly happy saying, you know, you want Mahomes to be a pocket passer and dink and dunk. We'll we'll take that. That's the way I see this game playing out, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if Philadelphia, if they're in a rock fight, how they respond offensively knowing that they can't just run the ball to milk the clock, that they have to make plays, they have to convert their downs, and they have to take some chances. I think that's where this, this game you know, gets into that chess match situation. If, if Philadelphia is in a tight game, how are they utilizing Jalen Hurts and that offense to combat Kansas City's defensive plan? And it's tough because I do think that these teams are very much evenly matched and different, and both of them have strengths and weaknesses in certain areas. I think that they'll be able to exploit at least at this point in the season. You know, if this game was being played week two, week three, it's probably a different story. But the way that this season has played out, we have seen the way these teams play, and they like to follow the same script. It's going to be who's going to be better at conducting that script. For me, uh, Danny Fuckers was here on, on teeing up. For, for, for me, it's really been interesting to see how Kansas City offensively has, has changed from the big play with Tyree Kill and then the same kind of big play, but it's yak. It's yards after catch, and it's Kelsey over the middle of the field. Do you spy Kelsey? Do you just let Kelsey do what Kelsey does and just accept that? How do you, if you were the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, approach Travis Kelsey because to me he's the X factor in this game completely he is the safety valve for Patrick Mahomes they can go off schedule you do this just move your arm and your shoulder and you're this and you're that and they know what that script is how do you um you know try to play Kelsey yeah I think if you're Philadelphia you have to decide one thing right do we want Kelsey to destroy us in the middle of the field or do we want to allow big plays potentially over the top? And I think that's where they're going to say, we're going to not going to let them take it over the top. We're going to let them dink and dunk. And I, I think I would, I think I might take the, the second approach, to be honest with you, because I don't know how successful the Kansas City Chiefs receivers could be at winning one-on-one battles on the outside, taking it over the top. But, you know... Kansas City has been game planning with Kelsey as a primary target for years now. Yes. And every single time he steps on the field with Mahomes, he's getting his 6 to 10 reception, regardless of what the defense is doing. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the ad-libbing of Mahomes in general. And Kelsey's just so in tune 
with what it is that they're doing offensively that he finds those gaps. It's, it's one of those things that you're doubling him. Who are you doubling him with? Are you doubling him with a safety over the top and a linebacker underneath? Are you putting your nickel corner on him with the safety over, over the top? And I think that's where you'll start to see some openings for running backs to catch passes out in the flat. You'll see some maybe play-action plays over the middle of the field to get over, you know, find that space. And then there, you're scrambling a bit because if your pass rush isn't getting home, Mahomes is going to pick you apart regardless. So that's why I think, you know, Kansas, I mean, Philadelphia is going to say, you know what, we're, we'll be comfortable with you getting eight to ten yard receptions and we'll tighten up in the red zone or in, inside the 30-yard line, force you to kick field goals. And if that happens, uh, it could be a very, very tight game towards the end, which I, I think... In my, I think on paper you would say Kansas City. I actually think it favors Philly, actually, bizarrely, just because of they've been in so many of these. Um, but we shall see how it plays out. Now, flip side, Jalen Hurts' biggest spot in his career, question mark. How do you consider the Super Bowl versus his national championship games with Alabama and everything he did at Alabama? Because yeah, those are big I mean, spotlights. Those are very big spotlights. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day, the college football podcast, and they were talking about Jalen Hurts and his you know, college career and how it, how it worked out. His first national championship game that he was in, he was 13 of 31. Passing. Not going to do it lost, They lost to Clemson. Yeah. The second one, he got pulled at halftime for Tua. Yeah. For Tua to win that. His third run at the national championship game, um, it came in. It came in uh, for Tua in the SEC championship game when he got hurt, led them to the victory, got in the national championship game, did not take a snap in that national championship game, and they lost. Fourth run, he lost to that LSU team in national cha- in the national semis, and no one was beating that LSU team. Yeah. Each year he progressed, you know, as a passer, as a player, and, and he's a great, great quarterback, don't get me wrong. And he's won big games at the collegiate level, and, you know, they had their run in this playoffs here, and, and some could say that they got lucky with the way that the, you know, NFC Championship game went. I'm interested in this game to see if, again, the game plan works out where, Kansas City is going punch for punch with Philadelphia. And the onus is now on Jalen Hurts to make plays in the passing game. But I don't know if he's 100% back yet. And I also don't know if he can do that. If you're asking him to throw 35 times in a game, how effective can he be when the team knows he has to throw the ball? And they, you know, they have to come back or whatever it is. That's what's interesting about this game is that Kansas City keeps it close how does Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense respond? Because there's going to be, I think, situations where you're asking Jalen Hurts to throw the ball on third and longs or make a big pass play. And he has the receivers to make those plays. Does. Across the board. But does he have the accuracy to make those plays? You know, is it a deep ball there? You know, we saw some, you know, some shoddy throws from him on deep routes in those two games he came back from. 
how, how does he look there? So, you know, I, I think he's a gamer. He's going to go out there. He's going to compete. He's tough. And he's going to make plays for them. Don't get me wrong. But how does he act if the game is tight and he has to make those plays consistently in the second half for this Eagles team to stay in, game, in the game? That, I think, is a big question, and uh, it's the biggest spotlight on him, and they will try to not get in that game, and I would watch out for Boston Scott. Try to get a lot of runs today, and I know that's a name you you don't want to hear, so I apologize, because he's made Giants fans crazy the last couple years. But I just think that, that you run the ball and try to establish something, and then you see what you get after that. But sometimes the game doesn't... Uh, doesn't work out that way and 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 to your point what happens then when you're forced to do something that you are not comfortable doing that is the question that is still out there finally we we turn to harrison butker versus jake elliott to me those are those are it's even it's perfectly even i think that these are two very effective kickers and to me dead even yeah, Bucker's had some some issues this year. He's missed some extra points. He's missed some um, uh, field goals. He had an injury earlier in the year. Yep, it's not been perfect, but I think in in the spotlight, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, but that field is where he got hurt. Mm. <laughs> the first game of the year. Good point. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's. I think this game is you're trying to I think eliminate your special teams from being the deciding factor in any game. You know, you want a strong special teams, but you don't want them to be the reason why you win or lose a game. I do think that both these coachings, coaching staffs are very aggressive. And I think as the game plays out, you'll see that come to fruition. If you're, you know, if, if this is a game that you understand you cannot kick field goals to win, we're going to see some aggressiveness on both sides. And I think, you know, you always hear the adage when you play the Chiefs, field goals aren't going to beat the Chiefs, right? If you got an opportunity, you're going to go for it. And, and you six, have yep. one of the best teams in the Eagles in converting fourth down and shorts this year. Great point. Like 22 of 23, something insane. They're going to be aggressive. Uh, and, and why wouldn't you at that offensive line in this run game? Uh, so I do think that these teams are going to be very expensive, uh, very aggressive. They're going to go at it. If it's fourth down and, and short, I think inside the 30 for both these teams, they're going to take that opportunity to go and, and get that extra yard or two to give them an opportunity to more to drain clock and just, you know, maybe flip the game. You know, could that change? It depends on the game flow. But the way I see this game playing out, and field goals are going to be taken very strategically in my mind. So that means, you know, maybe if it's at the end of the half or you're up seven or you're up six and you're trying to make it a two-possession game knowing that the time is on your side, you know, that's when you're taking these extra points. We need these field goals. But I don't see these teams sitting back and relying on the field goal game to get them to where they need to get to. So I do expect these these coaching staffs to be super aggressive today. It's the last game of the season, too. <laughs> and if you're Kansas City, you know as well, um, you know, you cannot afford to maybe kick field goals in a game where you might have Philadelphia owning the time of possession. Um, 
So I, I don't expect these field goal kickers to go out there and, and win this game for them unless it's absolutely necessary. Yes, uh, this is the last game. Please empty your playbooks. Uh, there's, there should be nothing left there <laughs> in, in your playbook. Um, I have this game, Danny Flecker with us here on Teeing It Up. I have this game being 31-28 Kansas City in overtime. You have this game being? I have this game 30, I have this game 30-27 Kansas City. I, I, I can see this game going either way, to be honest with you. I, I do expect this game to be close. I expect it to be tight. I don't expect the lead to be safe on either side. I think Kansas City's offense will adjust if necessary. I also think that Philadelphia's defensive line might create some plays that could give them a short field. But at the end of the day, and you've heard this narrative, I'm not going to be the first one to say this, we might look back on this game in five to ten years and say, how is Kansas, how is Kansas City an underdog when they have Patrick Mahomes? And yeah. it's a short number, one and a half, one, depending on where it is you're going with it. But at the end of the day, he's still an underdog. I, I just, in my mind, you think, and, you know, this goes back to, you know, when you had, like, Tom Brady playing and everything. It's like if, at the end of the game, there's four minutes left, and Mahomes has the ball down one possession, whether that's three, six, seven, whatever it is. You have to be crapping your pants if you're the opposing team. Because that is not what you want, right? And I just see myself playing this game out in my head and knowing that Mahomes is going to have an opportunity at some point to put a dagger in this game. And it usually comes through yeah. types of situations. And we saw it in the AFC Championship game. We saw it last year at Buffalo, Kansas City. Um, you know, we see it time and time again. I have to think that if this game is close and Mahomes has an opportunity to win this game, he, he's going to do it. So I, I have to lean Kansas City here. Close, tight, but I'm not going to be surprised if Philadelphia wins this game on the backs of their rushing game and their defensive line. And look at what you know, Mahomes did gimpy two weeks ago. Got the first down, got the yardage for the field goal when they needed the field goal. Yeah, aided by a penalty, obviously. Yes, <laughs> yes, aided very much by a penalty, yes. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I, I think that Mahomes, with the ball, with an opportunity to win this game, is going to be probably a scenario we see, or to ice the game, right? It's, I, I see that just playing out, and I do worry a little bit if this game takes a path where Philadelphia has to, run, has to throw the ball. 30 to 35 times if for whatever reason they're down or they are chasing the game a little bit you know again this is where you as a coaching staff you're Philadelphia you, you have to you're, you're battling two things you're battling what it is that got you there but now you're battling who you're going up against and this is the first time this coaching staff is, is going up against that this year because there have been very little very few games that Philadelphia has had to play this way. The one time they did, Hertz was not on the field. Uh, is when the Dallas game, and, and Minshew was on the field. So it's one of those things where if you're Kansas City, you, you can play your game because you've done it the entire year. If Philadelphia has to adjust, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. 
Danny Flecker, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. We shall see how this goes in Super Bowl 57, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight on Fox. Um, I'll sure, uh, uh, I'm sure you'll be watching other programming and not this game, correct? Last game of the year. Got it. Got no, it. Yeah, no chance. Uh, Danny, thank you as all for coming on. Uh, as always, for coming on, teeing it up. No problem, man. Have a good one. You, you, uh, you as well, and enjoy everybody.